Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and I'm so happy to be here in studio this evening. And I've got a great show planned for you tonight. Um, a little bit of order wars going on here. We are going to have University of Missouri coach Dennis Gates is going to be on the show, along with um, Coach Bill Self from the University of Kansas. A little KUMU flavor tonight on A Coach's Perspective. I got to catch up with Dennis Gates at the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic. And then we also got to catch up last night. Coach Bill Self was in town at the Boys and Girls Club Steak and Steak event, and he did a tremendous job. I was able to interview him at that event, and we are going to get to replay that interview um, for you tonight. So excited about that. We want to thank Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors we're going to talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. We really appreciate Great Southern Bank being our presenting sponsor. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, We will have University of Missouri men's basketball coach Dennis Gates. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This is Jenny Hopkins, and I'm happy to be with you tonight. We have Dennis Gates from the University of Missouri and Bill Self from the University of Kansas on tonight. This segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And guess who has the best-tasting chocolate? That's right. Say it with me. Highland Dairy. They're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. All right. We're very excited to welcome now to the show Dennis Gates from the University of Missouri. He's taking over the program for the Tigers this year. He is the 20th head coach that the University of Missouri has had, and he's got great plans for the program and for the vision of what University of Missouri Tiger basketball should look like. So if you would please take a listen. Well, welcome to Coach Dennis Gates. Um, we are here at the NBCA clinic. And Coach Gates, what a great session that you just gave. You've got to be energized by that crowd out there. Oh, well, it was outstanding. I think when the association first uh, talked to me, it was at a brunch that they held at the Final Four. And those guys showed up at the clinic I was given and introduced themselves. I said, Coach, let's let's do it. I want to speak at the state's uh, clinic. And they put me on the, on the headline, and I was able to get here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. But unbelievable audience. It's about five, six, seven hundred coaches out there. <laughs> it's a lot. It's great, great, <laughs> yes. unbelievable crowd. Yes, so they're all excited, and you can tell that, um, you know, we, as a headliner, we want the, the stands full, and you did just that. There was sta- It was standing room only. A lot of places, people were standing in the corners as well listening to you, so congratulations on that. Well, I think it's also uh, a true testament of, of how special we all are uh, when we do it together, um, and being able to be a part of it is remarkable. And I'll issue the challenge. I can't build this program without them. And, you know, the association is a strong, one of the strongest coaches association in the country. And we have to do our job and make sure our program at Mizzou uh, is is back to where we think it should be. There's some unbelievable tradition, starting with Norm Stewart and what he's been been to our institution. And you said you were going to stand on the shoulders of the previous coaches and you are going to try and build and get this program back to the national prominence that that it deserves to be at. How do you feel like, um, what are some of the biggest challenges you have facing in order to do that? Well, I think we're in an unbelievable conference. Uh, The SEC, that's going to be a challenge. There are some Hall of Fame coaches. But 
even those coaches who are Hall of Fame, they need players. And it starts with players, so the recruiting, the grassroots, the relationships. We have to do our job and putting the fence up around our state and doing it in, a, in an unbelievable way and making sure that, that our gym is open to coaches to see and be a part of where I think it can go. I think that's really important too and I, I from what I understand your reputation is to really bring in coaches and, and open your doors open yeah. your practices open you know and, and help not just the development of your program and stay within your walls but to also develop um, coaches around the area that would yeah. like some some mentorship yeah it's a village basketball is a shared shared sport especially coaches understand coaches and sometimes we learn from players but there's nothing stopping me from learning from our fellow coaches. I often watch high school games, AAU games, and I make sure I bring notepad and pen because there may be a play, there may be a situation that comes up that can teach me that I can teach my All guys, right. but Our also help us win center. games. Those things matter, right? Really From state um, state clinic to our team camp, right? I can't wait to have our team camp next year to our individual camps. Those things matter when you're building your program from the inside out and in this great Columbia community. You know, coaches are the best thieves, aren't they? The successful coaches, the best thieves. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. The successful coaches know how to borrow. Uh, they know how to borrow different ideas from each other, but they have those environments, those melting pots where that conversation can give you an unbelievable idea. That sparring match verbally with that other coach can challenge what you may think and have you further develop. So um, I love talking basketball. I do not ever hesitate doing so, and I can't wait to have more conversations with our fellow high school coaches in the state. Well, I want to talk a little bit about um, some intangibles of the sport. You have a degree in sociology, yeah. so you have to be very uh, motivated to, to figure out um, how you're going to inspire your players to be the best players that they can be. Yeah. So how has that changed over time from when you first started coaching to now? How? Um, what is your secret in motivating and inspiring players? Well, that's a great question. What I did uh, early on in my career, I built my college program, meaning the program I run now with eight core values, friendship, love, accountability, trust, discipline, unselfishness, enthusiasm, and toughness. Those are the eight core values that I truly transcends, and I believe it transcends time. If you have those things, you have a coachable kid. You have an unbelievable culture. You have an unbelievable staff. When you put it all um, you know, on the same page, you're now able to have champions on the court, in the classroom, and in their community. My my grateful and most most privileged opportunity is when that former player calls me, and one was here now, Anthony Richardson. One former player calls me, invite me to their wedding, invite me to some important factor in their life, um, and say, Coach, you know what? I use those eight core values still to this day. That is a compliment. They may not remember every game, every win or every loss, but they'll remember those eight core values because we talk about it daily. That's a trophy over your head. I mean, absolutely. Really. Absolutely. That's a trophy. That's a championship. No right question. There. No question. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Well, and when you are working with your players, too, I know that right now um, I've been a sports counselor for 20 years and I work with collegiate athletes and um, the mental health efforts uh, that is going on and the, the pressure that athletes feel, um, the fear of failure, the perfectionism, the performance anxiety. How do you assist your players? navigating some of these, um, I call them mental roadblocks mm -hmm. of the game. Well, you have to talk to them. You have to give them an outlet. You have to have it be not a one-way conversation, but they have to feel comfortable enough to come back and talk to you in a safe space. You have to allow them the growth, the space to have grace. They're already hard on themselves. They're difficult. They have the out pressure, inward pressure. The anxiety is there. So you got to have those boundaries, those fire drills in place just in case you see performance being altered or something else not being executed. You have to be able to send them to a sports psychologist. You have to be able to uh, meet their needs when it comes to mental, mental, um, you know, whether it's performance or or spiritual performance, whatever it is, we have to all help in building that endurance, but also give them an outlet to talk and speak and communicate. I think the days of coaching just players yeah. is probably long gone. It's mm -hmm. coaching people. And Absolutely. That that's a philosophy that you have to have. Last question, and I'm going to let you go. Um, you know, the 
you have young coaches that are coming into the game, and sometimes they struggle, whether it's lack of support, support lack of resources. Um, what would you say to some young coaches that are that are wanting to go, do I want to stay in the game? Do I want to continue in this career? It's a hard career. It's also very rewarding. But what kind of advice would you give those ones that are kind of at a crossroads? I think you got to share and be transparent. Uh, the more transparent you are with your dreams, your aspirations, your ups and downs, the more you're able to be seen and people with the right right experience can help you. Uh, if you don't share those things in transparency, you're out there on your own. So you got to understand success and failures only happen when you're in a silo by yourself, right? But you need people to help you, whether it's out of the dark place you're in or even keep you humble when you see success. You can't allow that to keep you separated from the group because it does take a village. It does. Wise words. Thanks, Coach. Uh, I appreciate it. Coach Dennis Gates with the University of Missouri Men's Basketball. We'll be back and we'll send it back to the studio for a coach's perspective. Well, thank you to Coach Gates. We appreciate his time. We got to catch up with him courtside there at the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association Clinic where he was the keynote speaker. We're going to take a quick break, and I want to thank Highland Dairy again for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back, and we'll have University of Kansas coach now. A little Border Wars show here. University of Kansas coach Bill Self will be joining us on a coach's perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. Again, thank you to Coach Dennis Gates from the University of Missouri for joining us. And we will have a University of Kansas coach now talking a little bit about the Jayhawk program. Congratulations to the Boys and Girls Club last night for a great event. The Steak and Steak event was absolutely tremendous. A very impressive event. Coach Bill Self was the keynote speaker, and we're going to join him in just a moment. But let's thank Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar for sponsoring this segment. They know trucks, they know SUVs, they know cars, they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They'll take care of you. 417-326-7671. Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. We also appreciate West Logging. Go to westlogging.com and contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. And thank you to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. We were at the Steak and Steak event. I was able to interview Coach Bill Self, and we're going to replay that interview right now. So have a listen. First of all, talk a little bit about your day. I mean, we are here for the Boys and Girls Club and, and raising money for this wonderful organization. We're watching that meter over there, and we're trying to raise money for this wonderful teen center. And, and Brandy and the teen panel, we've got to follow them. That is difficult. It's, it's difficult to follow Dan Lucy. And David, he could probably do some, some, some clinics with your players on trash talking. He's a fast talker. <laughs> He That's is. for sure. He is. Tell us about your day at the Boys and Girls Club today. Well, uh, you know, I had a, had a three guys come down and get me, Levi and Cherry, and then, of course, Bill Rowe, and they came up to get me, and we flew, uh, uh, we flew, uh, what, what's, what's the, the, the company plane? Yeah, we flew Jack Henry plane down, and it was fabulous, and everything was perfect, and landed here and went right over to the uh, Boys and Girls Club and met Brandy and her staff and, and uh, uh, got a chance to hang out with about 150 kids, uh, grades, uh, uh, basically kindergarten through through uh, high school. So it's it's a it's a good ex- it was a good experience. And those of you that have been involved with with, you know, different organizations like this, although there's really none like this one, uh, probably understand to the extent the impact and the the chance that organizations like this give kids to have the best possible life and you know in the business that like coach ford and i are in dana and i are in uh there's many many young people that would never get out of their community unless there's opportunities like the boys and girls club the opportunities they provide them because of maybe a home situation or, 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 or a multitude of, of, of things going on with them. And I know I've coached personally many uh, uh, that basically they give the Boys and Girls Club credit for allowing them to get through high school and give them a chance to have a productive uh, life because without that, they would be on the streets. 
Uh, uh, and so it, it's, it's, it's worthwhile. There's, there's so many things out there that, that demand attention, uh, but we can never neglect uh, investing in our youth. Uh, uh, so uh, I think what you guys have done is great so far. I thought the auction was great, and, and hopefully you guys will open your hearts and, and also your pocketbooks to a cause that is worthwhile, and you'll feel very good about yourself being a part of it. Well, and when in doubt, spend some time with those children. Spend some time with those youth. Go to the Boys and Girls Club and see them. It really does make a big impact. I'm sure you were energized today with the kids. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I think they were totally bored with me, but, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, it, 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 it was a good time being there. And, and uh, of course, uh, looking at some plans for the new facility, it's, it, it'll definitely be a big, big bonus to Springfield. All right, so we, we don't like quiet crowds, do we? It's we pretty quiet You guys here. want yeah. to cheer or clap? You cheer or clap. If you want to boo, no. They no, that's fine. They can <laughs> boo. I've been booed here before, so it's probably not that big a deal. So, uh, so make some noise in between. If he there's been many hand gestures that's been given to me before, right. too. Uh, uh, and they weren't waving high, so... Uh, I well, understand that. Let's get to this spring. So for first things first, congratulations on a national championship. Thanks. I, I want to nerd it up just a little bit. I mean, I was a basketball coach for 24 years, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that championship game, all right? We, you know, you, you were down 15 at halftime. Um, you know, J Jalen had missed four layups. You hadn't got to the free throw line very much. I, you know, at halftime, that's where you want to turn the tide. That's where you got to make things happen. You got to make your adjustments strategically. But what, take us to that locker room and tell us um, a little bit about what happened uh, to have such a great second half and capture the title. Well, I, I really think, and, and Dana knows this, and you guys should all get out and obviously support Missouri State. You got a great yeah, Dana coach Ford. And, Let's and give a great round opportunity. Of but, but really, like all coaches from any sport that coach uh, uh, males, uh, very rarely do we actually know what to say or do. So we just challenge your manhood, just like what we do everywhere. So, uh, uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm joking. Uh, it works. Uh, but. But, uh, you know, the thing about it is we, we actually we played poorly the first half, but I actually thought we played better than the score. Uh, instead of being down 15, we should have been down 8 or 9. I actually thought that, which is still bad. But, and I told our guys that. And then I also told them, hey, you know, guys, if, if the stage is too big, you know, trust me. Uh, winning the Big 12, you'll be remembered for the next year or two if that's what you guys are content with. And, and then I told them that uh, – uh, I'm going to leave the locker room and we'll come back in here in five minutes. And by then you better have it figured out. And they had it figured out. So it was nothing that we did, nothing we said. It was basically those kids uh, just kind of refocusing and, and then, you know, understanding if, you know, when you, when you play big games, you just don't want to leave with what if. And, and, and those kids, you know, they, they let it go the second half. And you got to love that. Do you love the confidence that they came out of that locker room with? You know, so then at the end of the game, 4.6 seconds, steps out of bounds. So you're up three, other teams fall. Now, I, as a coach, there are all kinds of algorithms that can tell you that you're going to win if you foul. I, I, I didn't trust that. I always guarded. But what is your philosophy? Because you didn't go out there and foul. You decided to let well, them guard. If, if you guys watch the game, after Juan stepped out of bounds, who's from Columbia, he's, he's a Missouri kid, and he's been great for us. But after he stepped out of bounds, uh, we're, you know, they, they spent a lot of time trying to decide how much time was left. So it, it turned into a seven-minute timeout, and I'm not exaggerating. And for six and a half minutes, we told them we were fouling. This is how we're fouling. This is where we're going to let them catch it. This is where we're not going to let them catch it. And then Jalen Wilson would, you know, right before we go out there, and he said, can't do it. We're going to screw it up. We, we can't foul. we got to guard them. And I said, no, we've already talked about it. We're going we're gonna to foul. He said, no, we're not, Coach. We can't foul. What? And I said, what do you guys think? And he said, Coach, let's guard him. We don't need to foul. And, and so right then I go from making, that's one of the dumbest things a coach can do, not listening to his players, but, but, but as far as not fouling, that's an automatic foul. And they convinced me in 30 seconds that we're not going to do it. We'll screw it up. And so I said, it's your head if, we, if they score. And, and, uh, and that we guarded them. So, so it, we were lucky. We were fortunate. I know that. But, but the players made the call on what we were doing at the end. 
And you're pretty happy to hear that buzzer go off. Yeah, that's yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's it, for sure. Yeah, it was good. Well, so talk about a little bit. One of the things that um, I'm going to still stay on the on the court stuff. You have in your career been known for a high low offense, and then lately in the last few years, you've really started to spread the offense out, which the entire game is going to a spread offense and a dribble drive and four outs. Um, how have you made adjustments the last few years? And do you miss your high low because you were very loyal to that? A lot of coaching clinics have have charted that high low offense. You know, it used to be that the way we played, if you played three perimeter players, two of them had to be able to shoot or you'd run bad offense. It always looked bad. And and now everybody's playing four guards, and so three of them have to be able to shoot. I mean, you can play one guy, maybe that's not a good shooter, but three of them have to be able to shoot. And so uh, we got away from it because I thought that the, the advantage of spreading the floor and trusting players was more effective than actually – having more structure. And, and, and as a coach, I think we all do this. I think I, I can't speak for everybody, but when I was a young coach, I think I had to show people or prove people that I could coach. And the way you prove people that you can coach is actually overcoach. And you want to dictate too much. And then the older I've become, and hopefully a little bit more experienced, I found that the best way to coach is to actually trust your players. And, and the better players you have, the more you should trust them. And, of course, we have pretty good guys. And so that's one thing that changed. And, and, and the hardest thing to guard is the ball. You know, you can, you can guard screens. You can guard actions. The hardest thing to guard is a guy in front of you has the ball because kids are so good with it now. And putting four guys out there with the ball as opposed to putting three guys out there with the ball, uh, uh, I think it's much harder to guard. So that, that's basically why we changed. Well, I want to talk a little bit about how you, um, how you got into coaching and, and, and how that happened. You got a degree in business. You had no intention of being a basketball coach, and then you worked at camp with Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got my dad was a coach, and I didn't want to coach because I thought the only level you could coach at was high school, and that's not a knock to high school. It's just I thought, you know, I, I want to try to do something and, and, you know, make more money than what uh, uh, a coach would make, and that's all I knew. So I, I was a uh, – I got my degree in business, and uh, I had a chance to work KU's camp. Back back then, back in the day, you couldn't your players couldn't work your own camp. They had to go to another school to work somebody else's camp because it's against the rules to hire your own guys. So I went to Kansas camp to work, and while I was there, I I basically blew out my knee, same knee as I blew out here just the other day. So I I, uh, I went there, and Coach Brown felt bad because uh, I hurt my knee, and uh, the more I was around him, the more I limped. And, and if, if you know Coach Brown, he's, he's really a good guy, but he, he can't say no to your face. And I didn't know that at the time, but he, I went and thanked him afterwards for the opportunity. And he said, hey, Bill, I'm sorry about your leg. If there's ever anything I can do, I'll do for you. And I said, well, Coach, there is one thing. And he said, name it. And I said, hire me to be your graduate assistant next year. And he said, on the spot, you're hired. So that's how I got into coaching. I go from a business major to a, a college coach at Kansas. Uh, uh, and then I wrote him a letter once a month to remind him that he had hired me. And, <laughs> and, 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 and he did not respond, not one time. And when I, it took me a little extra time to graduate, I have actually failed a class my senior year. So I had to, I had to uh, uh, it was a really hard class though. But I had, but, but I, I had to go to the summer school and never talk to him. Never talked to him. And finally, summer school's over, and I said, heck, I'm going. So I just loaded up my car and drove to Lawrence and walked into his office, said, Coach, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And he said, uh, basically, just stay the heck out of the way. And, but that's how, I got, that's how I got the job. And, and so, you know, looking back now, you know, I, 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 you know, I will say this, because I'm not the most aggressive person in a lot of ways, but young people out there, aggressiveness wins. You know, if you get an opportunity, don't think it's somebody else has, uh, has, has, it's, if you think you deserve it, own it and go take it. Uh, and, and in that position, we did. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, speaking of, you know, working with Coach Brown, you also worked with Leonard Hamilton. You worked with Eddie Sutton. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, you know, Hall of Fame legends. Coaches. Yeah, yes, legends. legends. Yeah. Um, so how did you, when you were working with them, you know, coaches are thieves. I mean, we still, a lot of things, you know, we still styles and offenses and defenses. What did you take from all of them to help kind of wrap into your style that you now have as a head basketball coach? Well, I th- I've stolen from everybody. You know, my, my three mentors were, you know, arguably the greatest mind that's ever coached the game. 
arguably as sound a coach that's ever coached the game and then arguably the best recruiter that's a good coach that's never ever coached the game. And so uh, I stole from all of them. And, but the biggest thing I think I, I stole from them uh, uh, was uh, we, we make this a lot more complicated than what it is. I mean, this, we're, we're not performing, uh, uh, you know, uh, life or death type surgeries. Uh, we coach ball. And the object in ball is you get a good shot, your opponent doesn't. It's really not that complicated. And there's a lot of ways you can get to it. But I, I think what I learned as much as anything is, is simple wins. Just be good at simple. And, and uh, it's, it's better to be really good at a few things than it is to be average at a ton of things. And, and so when you, you know, that's kind of what I figured out. And it's not so much you have to be better than somebody. You just got to make sure they're worse than you. And, and uh, in all honesty, there's more games in sports lost than there are won. You know, uh, you, can, you can look at the, the Buffalo Bills last year with the Chiefs, you know, uh, 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 there. Uh, uh, the Bills lost the game. You know, the Chiefs won it, but the Bills lost it. I mean, you, you can't kick off with 10 seconds left and have a team go 90 yards. You know, so, so there's, it's the same thing in basketball. There's, there's more games lost by a turnover or a missed blockout than there are a team making a great play. And Coach Sutton taught me that at an early age, and, and uh, that's kind of how we've always tried to be, how to play. And you, you talk about recruitment, um, and I got a lot of colorful questions sent in on Twitter. Thank you very much on recruitment. I hope there's not too many because <laughs> there may be some people falling asleep, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, here soon. No, there is a, recruitment is really important. I mean, obviously, that's one of the biggest variables for success for your program. So tell me, you know, what are you looking for? You've got um, some youth in this room. You know, you have young coaches in this room. What are you looking for in that perfect recruit besides the sport-specific skills? Well, I'll, I'll be real candid with you. If, you, if, you, if you're not an athlete, if, if you can't shoot, if you're not tough, then we probably wouldn't be recruiting you. But the bottom line is there's a lot of people out there that are like that uh, I'm sure on men women whatever sport and so those would be the things that I look at from a talent standpoint and then on top of that uh, uh, are they energy giver or are they are energy sucker uh, 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 do they create positive experiences or, or do they take away from what's going on with everybody else uh, uh, is it more important for them to be successful or for us to be successful? You know, there's a lot of different things. And you, you can't get to know all this in recruiting a kid, but uh, at least in the amount of time that we get to recruit them, but you can get a pretty good feel. And, and, and you know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of things that, that win, uh, but there's also a lot of things that don't. And, and, uh, but just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's coach speak, but uh, give me a, Give me a youngster that, that doesn't have to be the greatest in school, just try real hard. Doesn't have to be the best shooter, just want to get better. You know, doesn't have to be the best athlete, just lift your butt off. Uh, uh, and, and those kids will usually win out. I like that. How about a round of applause for Energy Giver? That's perfect. Perfect. Yes. Um, we have some questions that have been sent in, um, and so excuse me for, for picking up my phone. Here's Gannon Gellner here. Gannon Gellner. I met Gannon yes, earlier. Yes, yeah. you did. Um, well, this is a recruiting question. He wants to know what advice you would have for a potential walk-on player at KU. So to, a potential walk-on player, what do you look for? Uh, Got to be good in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound mean or anything, but you're not going to deal with problems from a walk-on. So you right. got you got to be good in school. You got to be a good kid. You got to be responsible. You, you got to be a good teammate. And, and, and as soon as uh, you're able to do that, uh, uh, you would have a chance to be a successful player in your program. But we don't treat guys as walk-ons. We treat them all the same. Now, some of them just have to pay for their own school. But the bottom line is, I mean, everything that everybody else does, they have to do. And it's, it's, it's a big commitment to be a walk-on. It's a big commitment. And, uh, uh, but it's not so much what you have to do to be a walk-on, it's what you can't do if you're going to be a walk-on. I mean, you know, a, a leading scorer gets in trouble, I hate to tell you, you'll work with them. Uh, maybe a walk-on gets in trouble, I hate to tell you, uh, we're not going to allow this guy to uh, embarrass our program or whatever. So, you know, the bottom line is just, just be a good person. 
and try hard. It's, it's really not that complicated. Well, let, let's talk about the question of the year on that uh, NIL transfer portal. How is that changing the game? How has that transition into that new world, if you will, been for your program? You know, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, I'll be real candid. Before I understood it, I was really scared of it. Um, and coaches are creatures of habit. And so if you don't understand it, you know, it makes you nervous and uncomfortable. And then you want, you know, just like in any business, and you wonder how you're going to attack this or whatnot. NIL is good. But there's some things about NIL that aren't good at all. You know, it, uh, if you stop and think about it, if, if I'm walking down the street unsolicited and I see somebody, a player walking towards me, and I say, if you go talk to my child right there, I'll give you 20 bucks. That guy's going to be happy. He said, yeah, hey, heck yeah, I'll do it. And the guy he's walking with, hey, if you go talk to my child right there, I'll give you 100 bucks. Is a guy that got 20, is he happy he got 20 or is he pissed that he didn't get the other 80? And that will divide locker rooms. That, 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 there, it will be harder to win big now than it ever has been because of jealousy and things like this. And so that part of it is not good. But I'll tell you a good story, and, and I'll brag about my kids, unsolicited, but Family Promise. I don't know if you guys have Family Promise here in Springfield. Unbelievable uh, charitable organization in Lawrence. They had their big event the other night. I didn't know this. My guys participated. Uh, uh, they're doing the auction. They do the paddles. Two of my sophomores said, I want to give $1,000. Uh, two of my sophomores that didn't even play last year. I want to give $1,000. They kept going. Two upperclassmen said, can we go back to the five? We want to give 5000 each. And my players gave $17,000 out of their pocket to Family Promise because they thought it was a worthwhile organization. We're really moved and touched there. So now, now, now granted, granted, you know, it's prob probably part of that money came from NIL. But still, though, the, 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 there, there is an avenue. It, it gives kids also a platform to learn how to give. And it gives you know, kids a platform to learn how to be educated on, on, on uh, uh, money, how money works, preparing taxes, a lot of different things. Uh, so in, in some ways, it's, 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 it's complicated, but it's very good. But, but there are going to be some moving stories out there uh, where, where kids are out actually helping kids because for the first time in their life, they actually have a platform where they can afford to do just a little bit. And you, you talk about in the locker room, sometimes it can be divided. How do you manage that? Because you've got to well, have I don't know. We haven't really had to do it chemistry. yet. I mean, last year, it wasn't, I don't know how Dana feels, but our guys didn't make any money last year. I mean, everybody's scared of NIL. Everybody was, everybody, nobody knew how to handle it. And now it's become a little bit more apparent that uh, how to govern it and things like that. So I, 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 I tell them that. Uh, uh, it, it, one, one advantage we have, and this is not being boastful at all, we have that, you know, there's pressure on these kids every day to wake up and perform. Uh, every day. You know, uh, they're representing something that's far bigger than them, and, and, and they know that. So, so there's pressure for them to perform, and, and a bad attitude uh, won't fly. I mean, our, our upperclassmen that win the national championship, they're not going to let some punk 18-year-old run it for them. And so, they, it, it, I mean, that's how they would look at it. And, and, and I'm not calling my guys punks, but I'm saying they'll look at it that way if, in fact, they put their feelings ahead of what everybody else has worked so hard to earn. So it, 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 I, I, think, I think it's going to be okay. I, th I think every team will deal with stuff. But, I, but at the end of the day, I, I, I still think, for the most part, uh, kids want to be disciplined. They, they, they yearn for it. Kids want to do the right thing. Kids feel better about it when they do the right thing, and kids will succumb to some form of peer pressure. And so I, I, I think it'll be okay, but I think there's going to be a lot of programs, including ours, that are going to have to deal with some crap to get to where they want to go. I think the, na the navigation is the hard part, trying to navigate that and making sure that, that it's regulated within your own program, let alone through the NCAA. 
Um, so let's let's talk a little bit. You mentioned about the pressure that they they feel. They have to perform. Um, there's no good secret. pressure though. It it's is good we, pressure, and it's surgeons dry. have to perform every yes. time they wake up. I mean, every time they get their hands scrubbed. I mean, it, there, there's pressure to deliver, but it's also good pressure though. Right, it is pressure, and if you can channel that into that energy, that is a, that is a wonderful thing. But what do you think about um, the mental health crisis with athletes? You know, you have um, fear of failure, you have perfectionism, oh, yeah. Yeah. performance anxiety. How do you help some of your players um, deal with some of those issues and help them go into a productive pathway? Well, I, I do think, uh, and, and parents know this far better than me that had kids at home during the COVID stuff, uh, it's amazing to me is how how that has affected young people. Uh, the isolation, the being away, the the, the uh, 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 and and you know this this mental health stuff. Uh, you know, we used to think, hey, just get tougher. No, it, it's real. You know, my sons had uh, had two of his best buddies. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, die both before they got out of high school. I mean, got out of college because of uh, some mental issues and also uh, uh, mental health issues and also peer pressure and a lot of other things that, that that's going on. So it, it's real. Uh, but the best thing is, is I, I, I think it's kids have to know, you know, even though we all want to win and we're all committed, but it's not win at all cost. Uh, you know, there are things that go into winning that I didn't understand as a young coach is, that's far more important than than what you think it is at time. I, you know, I, I go back and think, oh God, we got to win this game. No, we don't have to win this game. What we got to do is prepare that we're as good as we can be when it really counts. And and sometimes I think with that approach, it actually lifts the pressure off the kids in a way. And 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 you have to talk to them. And and even if they won't talk to me, they'll talk to somebody. So it's important that assistant coaches have strong relationships. And it's also important that you have a staff that, that uh, and I know you're doing some now, Jenny, with, uh, through sports psychology or whatever it is. We need, we need, we need sport coaches, too, and, and uh, just like all youth do. So there's different ways I think we can attack it, but, but it is real, and it, it cannot be overlooked. I, I can't imagine the feeling of anybody that would uh, have something happen within their program, and you look and say, oh, my God, what could I have done? Well, the bottom line is it's our responsibility to figure out what we should do before it ever becomes a problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for validating that, too. I appreciate you validating that. I think that's really important, and I appreciate you being on board. And, and I do think that sometimes people are like, just be tough, our kids are soft. But to be able to validate that and say, no, let's support them, guide them through this. They can be just as tough, but with the right support. And so I, I really do appreciate that. Um, you, you talked about relationships with your assistant coaches. You just mentioned how important that was, you know, and, and how having that, those assistant coaches, that's your trusted tribe, if you will. Um, tell us, we, uh, first of all, um, you know, we love Co Coach Ford, uh, but we also have a coach that is a very good friend of yours that used to be at Missouri State, Coach Barry Henson. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Barry Henson and, and working with him as a coach. Do you guys remember Barry? Yeah. I'm glad that wasn't a real loud applause because when I called him tonight and told him, I said, Barry, they didn't even remember you. Wait, let's, so, let's do better. Uh, Barry Henson. Uh, 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 so, so. <laughs> No, Barry's one of my, one, one, you know, we, we've been close friends for a long time. But, but uh, you know, the, the thing about it is with, with, uh, uh, with hiring a staff, you certainly want to hire people that's good at the things that you're not good at. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, why would you hire somebody that's good at the exact same things that you're good at? I mean, you want something to, to offset your weaknesses, and I got plenty. And Barry is one of those guys because uh, – uh, Barry was ridiculously positive. He was so positive that it pissed you off that you wished that he would just shut up because, I mean, I went through 18, 18 losses in a row with him at Oral Roberts, and after 14, he would say, you know what, Bill, we're getting better. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Barry, I, I don't want to hear that crap. So, uh, but, but, but Barry is, is terrific, and, and I know Bill, you know, Bill hired him and, and, uh, and fired him, but... Uh, but but Barry is, Barry is a, a, a unique guy that when you talk about uh, energy and positive energy, uh, it, it, it's, it's really, really good to have people on your staff like him. 
because he he is one of a kind. He's one of those energy givers you were just talking about. He's an energy giver, and and uh, now he may be a little bit too much, uh, uh, <laughs> but but no, he's one of the most positive people I've ever he been really around. Is. He's he great. Is. He's great. He is. Very good. So let's let's say that we gave Barry Henson another recognition, so he can tell him that. So. I think two is enough. Three is really overboard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to talk a little bit about being in the position you are. We have some pillars of the community mm-hmm. in this room. I mean, some leaders that are leading organizations, departments. Um, they are leading corporations. Um, sometimes when you're at the top and like you are in your program, you sometimes you take some heat. Right? Sometimes it gets a little hot out there. You have to take some heat and you take some criticism. You take it from people that are not in your practices, that are not in your weight room, they're not in your film sessions. Um, how do you handle sometimes that, that criticism um, in coaching basketball? Yeah, I, I, I actually, you know, people in Kansas are, I'm, I'm sure they are in Missouri too, but they're really, really smart people. And, and uh, I'm amazed that, that uh, our fan base, uh, uh, you know, I know absolutely nothing about being an electrician, a plumber, a, an attorney, a school teacher, a, a banker. Uh, but they sure as much, they sure know everything there is to know about their own profession and mine. So, so uh, it, it, but I, I do think this. I, I, think the, I think the older you get, the more those things don't even, it's water off your back. It, it doesn't. You know, I, I used to worry about if somebody wrote an article and one paragraph of the article was misrepresented. And then, you know, after so long, I, I, I did. I worried about that a lot. And then I get the job at Illinois. So I go from, I go from Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the, the rough media of Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Chicago when the Sun-Times columnist is Jay Mariotti and the Tribune is Skip Bayless. And then I realized that those paragraphs really didn't mean much back at Tulsa, you know. So I, I, you, you kind of learn just to roll with it. And, you know, some things upset you, uh, uh, but everything is fair. You know, they, 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 you're, you're kind of a public figure, and, and uh, people pay money to see uh, you put a product out there that they're paying good money to see. You know, I hate to say it. It is our responsibility to get the most out of them. So I, th- I think for the most part, it's, it's fairly fair. Uh, 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 now, some people it's not, but I've been fortunate enough that, that at our place, you know, that it hasn't, it hasn't been too bad. But, hey, Bucknell and Bradley beat us in the first round. Uh, my start at Kansas, you know, they say you want to follow a coach that everyone hated and they had good players, but nobody thought they were any good. And, you know, and, you know, the, 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 the really haven't won. Well, I followed a guy that everybody loved. They'd won huge. And the players are unbelievable, and everybody thought they were. So, so uh, uh, I remember when I got the job, I'm out somewhere, and a couple of ladies came up to me and said, Coach, this is going to be our year. This is going to be our year. God dang, we got it. We, this will be our year. And I'm like going, well, you just went to the national championship game. You went to the final four the year before. Uh, uh, and you're expecting me to do better than that. I mean, I, but, but uh, it is, uh, they pay you to deal with that crap. So, I mean, so it, it can't get under your skin. All right, so it, it, you've had experience with dealing with heat, and that's, that's great advice. Talk to the youth in the room um, or talk to the parents in the room that can help some of their children that um, are, are sometimes criticized or have their feelings hurt. What are, what are some coping mechanisms that they could use? How do you help your players deal with criticism? Because they're unfairly criticized on, on occasion or have oh, sure they are. misguided comments. Sure they are, but, but uh, I tell them all, hey, just hang in there. You're going to get the last laugh on everybody. And, and, and I actually believe that, uh, uh, you know, it may not come in a way that, that, you know, from an appearance is a huge win or whatnot, but, uh, you know, kids can be very, very sensitive and people can be very, very cruel and not understand the magnitude and what their words say. But there are some things that, that as you get older and you mature a little bit, that you can eliminate some of the negativity just by being smart yourself. I mean, get off Twitter, get off social media, get, 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 you know, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if we're so worried about how everybody else and what they say about us, then, then, you know, you're, you're wasting a ton of energy on something that doesn't mean Jack. So, so, uh, uh, you know, you want to educate and talk to people, the importance of that, but it's hard with young people cause that's their identity, uh, is, is how, uh, is the social media aspect, but, 
Um, I, I, I do think there's a lot of things out there about kids that they look at as failure and all you're, they're really doing is, is setting a foundation. And we have to go through some crap to get to where we want to go. And so many times as parents, and I've done it, and we've all done it, we can't be objective about our own kids, and we don't. We want to catch some before they ever fall. And sometimes the best thing for them to do is fall and then have them learn to fight their way out of it. And, and uh, uh, I, 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 uh, I struggle with youth sports. I struggle with, with parents that actually believe their kid can get a scholarship at age 11. Uh, uh, I, I, I do. Uh, I struggle with parents that criticize youth coaches that are taking and volunteering their time to coach their kid because you don't have that time. I struggle with that. And, and so the bottom line is this, once you get to be a certain age, and, and I, I understand all that stuff is important and relative and all that stuff, but hey, the most important thing when kids are young is make sure they have fun and enjoy it and we don't dis discourage them from competing. Well said. Nice. Good job. Pat on the back. Good job. Um, well, then that's a great segue to um, what was it like to coach Tyler, <laughs> your son? My son, Tyler, played for us. He was in the 30-30 club. Uh, he had to be up 30 or down 30 before you put him in. But, uh, uh, I mean, we're up 27 a lot, and Cindy's like going, why'd you put him in? There were still two minutes left. Uh, uh, but but it, it was one of the greatest experiences ever was to coach Tyler. I mean, he's, you know, my all-time favorite by far uh, of players. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, I think coaching your own kid would be hard if he's average. I think coaching your own kid would be easier if he's the best or he's not playing much. But when he's right there in the middle and now he's playing ahead of somebody that's just as good as him, that's when I think it puts pressure on kids. So it worked out great for us that we were actually able to play Tyler. And, you know, I, I had N Nico Roberts. He was on the team. At the same time, that's Norm's son. I had Evan Manning, Danny's, Danny's kid that's on the team at the same time. Their role was perfect. Uh, uh, and I think they would agree with me on that. So uh, they liked hearing their name chanted. Uh, uh, we want, you know, whoever. I mean, that's, that's not a good sign if, you're, if you, your goal is to play in the NBA. But, uh, but it was great for them. <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, I'm, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, but I do want to get to some of the questions that you all have sent in. So we're going to do kind of a fast five real quick okay, here to, yeah, on this. Quick. Sorry. Tell me a little bit. Um, oh, what will you have to have aligned this year with your team in order to repeat as national champions? We got to, we, well, we can't score inside yet. And we turn it over. We don't guard anybody. We're soft. I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't do. So of course last year's team was too. So, uh, uh, no, but in all that, we we got we got to shoot it better, and we got to have a, a a five man. And right now, we're just trying to figure out who can play right now. I was able to actually interview this young man, um, and this question is about Grady Dick, one of your new freshman players, who is um, a highly visible player. Tell me what you think the impact is going to have on your program. Well, Grady's six eight. He's from Wichita, and I think he's the best prospect we've recruited since Josh, uh, Josh Jackson. So so. Uh, he can really shoot. He's got a high release. He gets it off quick, and, and uh, he's he's pretty competitive. I mean, he so he he's going to be a really good player. But still, though, I mean, it's, he's a freshman, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of freshmen out there that make big impacts. But you got to be a bad boy uh, to make an impact in the Big Twelve as a freshman. And, and uh, I do think he has that potential to be that, though. All right. Next question that was sent in. Huh, tell us about the Border Wars. What do you think is so special about that game? Well, there's some people in this state that probably feel that maybe I am the reason that we didn't play for a few years. Should we have a show of hands? No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. So, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> they may be right. So, uh, uh, no, in all honesty, that was a decision that was made at a high level. And, uh, of course, I, I guess I was part of it. But, but uh, uh, you know, the Kansas-Missouri game is the best regular season game I've ever been a part of. It's great. And what makes it great are the, are, is, is basically the passion of the fans or hatred, whatever term you want to use. Uh, but that's what makes it great. And so those are the most fun games to play in. And uh, uh, 
I missed it, to be real candid with you. We, we had it in the Illinois-Missouri rivalry game, too. So I missed it. And so I've been a part of it for a, a many, many years. I actually had an uh, interview for the Missouri job years and years and years ago. And, and uh, uh, so I, it's nothing personal against Missouri. I would have, you know, at that particular time, I would have, you know, loved to have been the coach here. But, but, uh, but since I wasn't, and there's probably a little bit extra juice for me when that game rolls around, too. So, but it, it, it's, it's a great game, and, and uh, it's good for basketball, and it's certainly good for the players. All right. And you know exactly when that is this year, right? Dan Lucy sure does. December 10th. <laughs> December 10th. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, I have a question here. This is from a middle schooler. I'm in middle school, and I want to know what your philosophy is on creating a schedule. This is a great question from a middle schooler. Um, is it, do you make it tough to prepare for the postseason? Or not so tough to build confidence. I, th I think a lot of it depends on your team. This could be a potential coach. Yeah, yeah, thinking yeah about no that question. Yeah, no question. Uh, <laughs> I think the more experienced you are, maybe you step it up a little bit, and the younger you are, maybe you try to get some confidence through winning. Uh, but uh, but you know you play the best schedule you can, but you don't want to schedule yourself out of having a so-called good season by by. Uh, 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 by overscheduling too, it, it's it's a fine line, but it, it in our situation, and I'm not saying everybody's like us, but in our situation, you know, if you think you got a good team, you're much better off playing the best teams uh, to prepare you for hopefully what matters most, and that's March. You know. Yeah. All right, last question: What's what's in for Bill Self after coaching? Uh, I don't know. I kind of like to do this a while. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I, I uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, uh, I, I really haven't given it as much thought uh, because, uh, uh, you know, the more, you, you know, the more you get, the more you want. And so, you know, I, we're still hungry. And, and uh, you know, if I lose that, you know, then maybe it's time. But, but right now, you know, we're still, our, our staff, we're still pretty driven. We're old. You know, it used to be we were a young coach. And, and, and now we're like, you know, I don't want to say old, but uh, we're on the back end of our career. I mean, we're, we're, we, we may not, we're about on hole number 14. Uh, 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 so uh, uh, I, I, I'd like to do it for a while longer. But... I also know this, that uh, a lot of people in all of our lives uh, have made a lot of sacrifices to allow us to do what we love to do or chase our dream. And at some point in time, you know, uh, uh, there'll be a time where it's best to give back to them, too. So, uh, uh, so I don't know how long it'll be, but I just know I'm having a lot of fun doing it while I'm doing it. Well, speaking of giving back, you have given back tonight for the Boys and Girls Club. Let's make a big round of applause Thank for you. Coach Bill Self. Yeah. Thanks. I want to thank Colorton and Brett Piper. Thank you so much to Brett Piper for tonight's audio of Coach Bill Self's interview. We really appreciate that. We want to thank Story Construction for sponsoring this segment. Thanks to Coach Gates and Coach Self. December 10th is the Border Game Returns. And next week, we're going to have Springfield Area Sports Hall of Fame event previewed with the Era of Excellence Award recipients. Coach Paul Mullins will be here with representatives from the Greenwood Football Program in studio. Our post-game talk will return next week. But I will remind you, as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.